0: Welcome to the Church in the Peak podcast. We hope you enjoy this message. For more information, visit churchinthepeak.org or come join us at 10.30am every Sunday. Over to you, Peter. Um, and I do need to thank Phil because uh, he should have been preaching this week and uh, he very graciously stepped aside. So uh, he, was, he was very gracious in it and uh, so he's, uh, he's allowed me to speak because I, I, I felt that there was something that I wanted to share um, from the Colossians series which I think we were told last week we had finished. Uh, by Dave but uh, there was something from Colossians 2 that I thought we'd missed out and uh, I just wanted to come back to that today so thank you Phil. The other thank you I'd like to make is Sarah. For Sarah she's standing over there doing all the sound and everything and she's also doing the live stream as well and she's running between the two uh, consoles to to do everything and she's a real rock. You can rely on her and uh, uh, thank you very much for doing all you're doing. So, the verse that um, I felt was missed, and uh, Nikki has been um, valiantly trying to get the verses to come up on the screen, um, she's given me the thumbs up, and uh, she was there typing them all this morning, because the technology has gone wrong to import them all in. But the verse that I want to speak from is uh, Colossians two sixteen, And it says, Therefore, let no one pass judgment on you on questions of food and drink Or with regard to a festival or a new moon or a Sabbath. And um, it was a strange little verse that's in the middle of Colossians 2, which um, we kind of just skipped past. And I don't know whether any of you had noticed that we'd skipped past it and didn't really comment about it. But I felt that it's a really important verse um, for us. And um, the big question is well, what does it really mean? Does it mean that we can eat and drink whatever we like and if others don't like it, well, tough? Is it saying that we can behave however we want because we're redeemed, aren't we? Jesus has redeemed us and therefore we can do whatever we like now. And I think you could read this verse to say that if you really wanted to, but I'm not sure that that's what it actually says. Now, the spirit of, of this day um, would be that actually um, it's wrong to eat meat, isn't it? Um, veganism has gone like that whilst we've been in lockdown, and uh, we're told it's better for our health. And as a doctor, I'd probably agree with that to a, a fair extent. Um, it's better for our planet, we're told. Um, and actually, and we're also told there's good biblical reasons why we should all be vegans. And uh, that's the spirit of the age around us. That's what we're being told. And uh, the big question is, what does the Bible actually say? And um, this morning, um, on the verses that are are coming up, um, quite a lot of them are from the ESV. And I'm using that because it's a very literal translation of the Greek and the Hebrew. And so I've done that on purpose because I want us to base our understanding of what the Bible says on what it's really saying, on what the actual Greek and the Hebrew uh, says. And I want to go right back to the beginning of the Bible. And uh, if you have a read of the Christian Vegetarian Society's uh, website, yes, there is one. um, If you read their website, they, they very much major on the beginning of the Bible. Genesis 1 says, actually, we were given the plants for food and uh, it doesn't mention animals. It talks about being able to eat of any of the plants of the field. And they really major on that. But what they don't major on is Genesis 2 and 3. And Genesis 2 and 3 say that the livestock and the beasts of the field. Now, my understanding is if it's livestock, it's not a pet. And livestock means that you're going to eat the animal and um, it purposefully uses the word livestock. It doesn't use the word animals. And uh, so it really does suggest that really from the very beginning, um, we as mankind were cultivating animals for food. Now, what else does it say in the Bible? The vegetarian movement would point out that the picture of heaven that we're given in Isaiah says that the, the lion and the lamb will lie together. They will sleep together together and they, the lion doesn't eat the lamb. It's safe. And so actually there's this picture of heaven where actually um, animals aren't eaten anymore. So actually the higher thing is to be vegetarian. So you might then get to a little bit further on through Genesis and we get to the Passover. And God commands his people To sacrifice a lamb and to eat the meat. Eat all of the meat, not just a little bit. Pamela would have been horrified, but you have to eat the entire lamb. And um, so if God commands us to eat meat, well, surely we should be eating meat, say the carnivores. And the vegetarians go... Yeah, but that was for a really specific circumstance. God wasn't saying eat that every day. He was saying for this really specific occasion when his spirit would pass by on the houses with the blood on the lintels. And then we move to the New Testament and uh, we see Jesus and his example of eating meat and fish and drinking wine. So, who's right? We've got these different examples in the Bible about what is right with regards to food and drink. So Mark 7, this is Jesus. And uh, there's uh, two different bits um, from Mark 7 that I want to start, verse 14. And Jesus called the people to him again and he said to them, Hear me, all of you, understand. There is nothing outside a person that is going to defile him. But the things that come out of a person are what defile him. And when he had entered the house and left the people, his disciples asked him about the parable he had told. And he said to them, Then are you also without understanding? Do you not see that whatever goes into a person from outside cannot defile him? Since it enters not his heart, but his stomach, and is expelled. Very basic, Jesus. Thus he declared all foods clean. Now that was completely against the teaching of the Jewish teachers at the time. They would say only certain foods prepared in certain ways could be eaten. And that actually you can't just eat anything you like. But Jesus says, no, actually, it's not about the food. It's about your heart. In Acts 10... We've got Peter, who's been brought up as a Jew, and and he's there, you know, he's a good Jew, and and he eats the right food and not the wrong food. He eats the kosher, but not the non-kosher. And um, in this dream, Peter sees the sheet lowered from heaven. And in the sheet are all kinds of animals, all kinds of things that he knows he should not eat. And God says to him, go and eat these things. And he's like but I can't. I'm a good Jew. I'll be unclean. And God says, don't call unclean what I'm giving to you. So what do we do? What do we believe when we we see these different things in the Bible? And I think actually um, the key to all of this is not whether you're vegetarian or vegan or whether you're a meat eater. But actually, the rest of the New Testament actually gives us some really good rules about how we should behave and how we should think. So 1 Timothy 4. This is Paul writing. To- now the Spirit expressly says that in the latter times, some will depart from the faith by devoting themselves to deceitful spirits and the teaching of demons through the insincerity of liars whose consciences are seared, who forbid marriage. I think we see that in our society today, don't we? Require abstinence from foods that God created to be received with thanksgiving by those who believe and know the truth. For everything created by God is good, and nothing is to be rejected if it is received with thanksgiving. For it is made holy By the word of God and prayer. So we've got in the New Testament a new covenant, and I think we've been talking about that as we've gone through Colossians 2. And this new covenant gives freedom from places of restriction. And the Colossian people were saying, actually, you need to restrict yourselves. You need to only do this and only do this. And and it's not right to do the other. And Paul's writing to them saying, Actually, you've got freedom from those rules. You don't have to live by these rules anymore. So all the carnivores in the room are going, Haha, I was right. I want to read you Romans 14. and uh, this is quite a long uh, long passage um i don't know i don't think this is going to necessarily uh, come up on the screen um but i just want to read this to you this is paul writing to the people in rome accept other believers who are weak in faith and don't argue with them about what they think is right or wrong for instance one person believes it's right to eat anything but another believer with a sensitive conscience will only eat vegetables Those who feel free to eat anything must not look down on those who don't. And those who don't eat certain foods must not condemn those who do. For God has accepted them. Who are you to condemn somebody else's servants? Their own master will judge whether they stand or they fall. And with the Lord's help, they will stand and receive his approval. In the same way, some think one day is more holy than another day. While others think every day is alike. You should each be fully convinced that whichever day you choose is acceptable. Those who worship the Lord on a special day to him, honour him. Those who eat any kind of food do so to honour the Lord, since they give thanks to God before eating. And those who refuse to eat certain foods and want to please the Lord and give thanks to God. For we don't live for ourselves or die for ourselves. If we live, it's to honour the Lord. And if we die, it's to honour the Lord. So whether we live or we die, we belong to the Lord. Christ died and rose again for this very purpose, to be Lord of both the living and the dead. So why do you condemn another believer? Why do you look down on another believer? Remember, we will all stand the judgment seat of God. The scriptures say, as surely as I live, says the Lord, every knee will bend to me and every tongue will declare allegiance to God. Yes, each of us will give a personal account to God, so let's stop condemning each other. Decide instead to live in such a way that you will not cause another believer to stumble and fall. I know and am convinced on the authority of the Lord Jesus that no food in and of itself is wrong to eat. But if someone believes it's wrong, then for that person it is wrong. And if another believer is distressed by what you eat, you are not acting in love if you eat it. Don't let your eating ruin, some, ruin somebody for who Christ has died. Then you will not be criticized for doing something you believe is good. For the kingdom of God is not a matter of what we eat or what we drink, but of a life of goodness, of peace and of joy in the Holy Spirit. If you serve Christ with this attitude, you will please God. And others will approve of you too. So then let us aim for harmony with the church and try and build each other up. Don't tear apart the work of God over what you eat. Remember all foods are acceptable but it's wrong to eat something if it makes another person stumble. It's better not to eat meat or drink wine or do anything else if it might cause another believer to stumble. You might believe there's nothing wrong with what you're doing but keep it between yourself and God blessed are those who feel guilty Oh, don't feel guilty for doing something they have decided is right but if you have doubts about what uh, whether you should or should not eat something you are sinning if you go ahead and do it for you're not following your convictions if you do anything you believe is not right you are sinning and then it just goes on into chapter 15 and i'm just going to read the first couple of verses We who are strong must be considerate of those who are sensitive about things like this. We must not please ourselves. We should help others to do what is right and build them up in the Lord. So actually, that's what we're asked to do. And Paul is said in that single verse that we read from Colossians, you know, you've got complete freedom. But actually, in his teaching elsewhere, he says, yes, you've got freedom, but use your freedom wisely. In 1 Corinthians, Paul talks about the food that's offered to idols, and uh, I don't know that we particularly have such issues. Um, If you're in certain countries or certain bits of the country, you might worry about, you know, should you eat uh, meat from a halal butcher, but uh, there's very little that we might understand about food offered to idols. It's not a thing that happens in our society, Um, but elsewhere in the world, it's a really big issue. And uh, Paul talks about, um, he says, if what I eat causes another believer to sin, I will never eat meat again as long as I live. For I don't want to cause another believer to stumble. And I think if you're in certain countries around the world and you're doing mission, actually drinking alcohol would be a huge stumbling block to other Christians. And so they choose never to drink again, lest they cause someone to stumble. Ephesians 5 says, Be careful how you live. Don't live like fools, but live like those who are wise. Make the most of every opportunity in these evil days. Don't act thoughtlessly, but understand what the Lord wants you to do. Don't be drunk with wine, because that will ruin your life. Instead, be filled with the Holy Spirit. And just a few verses later, and further submit to one another, out of reverence for Christ. I once lived in a vegetarian household and uh, there was just me who who wasn't a vegetarian and um, I hadn't eaten meat for for months and uh, one day I knew all the others were out and I was coming home from college and I bought myself a chicken thigh. Just one because I didn't have very much money and meat was expensive. I'd been living on... um, Pasta with tin tomatoes. I couldn't afford puree to uh, make a nice sauce and literally that's what I was living on and I was, I was getting a little bit scrawny and I thought I need some meat so I bought myself this little chicken thigh and I, I was cooking it and I just got to the point where it was browning off nicely and I was all ready to eat it and all my friends came into the house and, and they taunted me for murdering the animal and, and I couldn't eat my chicken. And I was very sad, but I wasn't respecting my householders. I really wasn't respecting them, and I shouldn't have done that. And um, and no wonder I couldn't eat it, because I wasn't acting correctly to those who really believed something very different from what I believed. And 1 Corinthians uh, 10 um, says, If someone who isn't a believer asks you home for dinner, accept the invitation if you want to. Eat whatever is offered to you without raising questions of conscience. It might not be a matter of conscience for you, but it is for the other person. For why should my freedom be limited by what somebody else thinks? I can thank God for the food and enjoy it. Why should I be condemned for eating it? So whether you eat or drink or whatever you do, do it to the glory of God. And it's really hard, isn't it? You turn up in somebody's house and... They've slaved away over food, but it's not the food that you would eat. It's food that you would struggle with. But we're told, swallow hard and enjoy what there is. I I went round for dinner one time um, to um, some friends when I was working uh, in Kenya. And uh, they said, we've got a treat tonight. We've got deep fried tripe, which we've done with a chili sauce surprisingly good I didn't think I would enjoy it at all but I was amazed what they could do with some tribe says uh, in 1 Corinthians uh, 6 don't you realize that your body is a temple of the Holy Spirit who lives in you and was given to you by God you do not belong to yourself for God bought you with a high price so you must honor God with your body And and Paul's been talking about sexual sin at that point, but I think this is applied to how we look after our own bodies. And as a doctor, you know, I think the right diet is really important Um, and uh, something that is, for me, um, been an issue. If you've read my book, you know how I potentially struggle with food and how I very much like my food and my drink. And uh, staying stop and not having another portion is difficult for me. Self-control is a fruit of the Spirit, and we need to have a healthy relationship with our food. For others, judging those that do eat meat or that do not, that might be more of an issue to them. And actually, we need to get our attitudes correct. If Paul was writing right now, would he be writing about whether we wear a face mask or don't wear a face mask when we're with others? And he might put, instead of talking about food and drink, he might say, actually, this is a real key for you about how you respect others, others who may have a weaker immune system. And he might say, actually, to wear a mask, even though you've got freedom not to, is the right thing to do. The other bit that I just want to touch on from this verse is about festivals. We, we accept that as Christian, we, ex- we um, celebrate pagan festivals, don't we? You'll look at me like, no, we don't celebrate pagan festivals, but you do. You celebrate Christmas and Easter, and, and they were pagan festivals, which we adopted as Christians. And uh, we took over the date, and we kind of Christianized the festival. And I'm sure that was incredibly controversial at the start. And I'm sure there was many Christians who said, no, no, you shouldn't. You shouldn't do that. These are pagan festivals. This isn't right. And there are Christians today who are saying, actually, no, we shouldn't be celebrating Christmas and Easter because they're so commercial and they're nothing about God anymore. And actually, we need to have an understanding of what we're doing. And we need to not offend others by our actions. The Sabbath. Some still maintain that the Sabbath, the Sunday, is really important. And even Paul, as he was writing to the church in Rome, was saying, actually, you need to decide which day, because they were doing Sunday, not Saturday. He says, you've got to decide which day you're going to find as important to God, but just make your choice. But don't offend others with your choice. And some people need to work on Sundays, and I'm grateful for those that do to help us um, be able to live our lives. But they have their other time that they spend with God, and we mustn't judge them. We need to make sure we don't judge the others who interpret the Scriptures in a different way. And I've been quite light-hearted about how people may interpret bits of the Old Testament. But we need to respect those others who do interpret them slightly differently to us. You can use the Bible to say you shouldn't go out into a nightclub. You can use it to say you should never wear a mask. You can use it to say you should or should not eat certain foods. But equally, you can use it to say the opposite, I'm sure, in all those circumstances. And we shouldn't consider those who have a different point of view as being weak, Because that's not the point. I think food and drink is an incredibly divisive subject. Even as we watch the media, as we read the newspapers, it is incredibly divisive. And we see what um, popular people are saying in the media. And they're very clear about why they're saying that they take this choice or that choice. Whether they do eat meat, don't eat meat. Whether they do drink alcohol, don't drink alcohol. And they have really good reasons for it. But it's so divisive, and I think we need to know what we believe, but we need to respect the others that are around us for the, for the good of the gospel. And I want to urge you, as you go away today, to go and reread Colossians 2 in its entirety. We've taken a verse here and a verse there, and the problem is that people have taken these verses over the years and they've taken them out of context. And they use them to say, this is what we should do. This is how we should behave. And I want to urge you to read the whole lot and ask God, is there any way in me, anything that I'm doing that is causing offence, that's being a stumbling block to the gospel? And if there is, repent of that and change. Because our heart is that we want to do nothing that gets in the way of the gospel of God. We want to see his glory across our nation. We want to see his word going out into society, that our friends would be won over. And let us do nothing that stops them from coming to God. I'm going to finish there. I think our time is well and truly up this morning. So thank you for bearing with me. And um, so I think we're going to share food and drink now. Um, And as we do that, just remember what it's all about. We're told we eat and we drink to the glory of God. Thank you.